everybody wants to be the hero in their own story. Nobody wants to be cornered in. And uh, if I can leave that sliver of hope and search, this is the pathway. All right, you may have hit bottom here. But this is let's make this bottom and start making these choices that are going to take you in a different direction. Welcome to Discipline Win, a podcast on how to win in discipline both within ourselves and when helping others. Join me, Dr. Andy Jacks, as I dive into some of the most challenging issues in school improvement, specifically how we can help our most struggling students find their path to progress. Welcome back to Discipline Win, where we talk about tough issues and tough people who are doing real work in schools every single day, making a difference for kids. This week, I'm so excited to bring on Deputy Sheriff Adam Kelm with Gull Lake Schools. He's a school resource officer. This is his sixth year. He's been with the Sheriff's Office for 20 years at Kalamazoo, Michigan. He is an expert in the field of school resource officers. And when you hear him speak about education, you will understand that he is an expert in education at large. He talks about hope, relationships, and the positive school culture that you can do even as a school resource officer or really any role within a school. So let's get started with that now. I'm excited to bring on Deputy Sheriff Adam Kelm, who got my attention through a viral video on Twitter where I saw this posted by middle school uh, assistant principal, I think it was Jack Barman, and I immediately was pulled into this video because I saw the high school students just eating out of the palm of his hands while he was like directing them to shout and wave in sync with his movements. He had them 100% connected. And that is not always something you see, especially in his role as school resource officer. And uh, one thing that we talked about before we started, I wanna make sure that we say again in here is that, Adam, thank you for your service. I really appreciate it. I wanna make sure that we thank all of those members in our society that helped to serve to keep us all safe. Thanks for saying that. I appreciate it a lot. It means a lot to me. Yeah, welcome. Welcome on, I thank you for taking the time. And you know, in, in, in this podcast with discipline, it's not, we talk a lot about self-discipline. We talk about student discipline. And one of the things I think a lot about is the first step to student discipline is the adult self-discipline. You know, we have to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves, you know, like Ice Cube said. And we got to make sure that we are doing everything we can do to help set that tone in the building and in the community. And when I saw you just all in and the students just so connected to you that I had, I had to talk to you and find out what's going on. So I'm going to put a link in the podcast uh, description so people can see that actual video, but tell me what was going on with that video. What were you literally doing in that moment? <laughs> so that video in particular, well, thanks for catching it by the way, but uh, yeah. that video in particular is a, uh, it's a uh, fan response. It's a cheer that we do. Other schools have done it, so I don't want to say that we're the, uh, the OG in inventing that cheer, but it's called the roller coaster. Uh, so you, you buckle up and uh, you, you extend your hands as a way the roller coaster would go, and then uh, the crowd mimics. The wilder, the better. So, of course, if you give it your all, the crowd's going to get more into it. So uh, that particular one was kind of special because we hadn't uh, had the opportunity to do it in over a year and a half with uh, the lack of fans and COVID. So this was our first home game and uh, I was ready. I was ready to see the students and we were ready to cheer for Gull Lake. That's awesome. So that, that's, a, that's a community thing you've been doing for a long time. Now, have you always led it? Is it a thing they, that they do in general and you jump in sometimes? How does that work? So 
Uh, no, I, my first year, myself and the assistant principal uh, were actually called in to ride the roller coaster. Uh, we have to learn how to ride safely before we can drive that thing. So we had to sit in the crowd and we did it our first year there. So this was just a return to it. It's also student led uh, at times, but uh, given the opportunity it had been a year and a half, I felt like uh, it was a good time for, for me to get them, uh, get them hyped up. So I want to jump right in there because I, I couldn't agree more. I think after last year when we wrapped up, and I don't know how you guys were up there for us, we were virtual almost the whole year. We were sort of phasing in in person, but at the end of the year, we still didn't have a huge majority of our kids in. And one thing I realized last year, it was a culture killer. It was a school culture killer, the whole experience, because everyone felt nervous and awkward and reserved. We didn't do all those cool things we normally do. And this is a perfect example. So obviously you wanted to get back to something and, and there was a sort of probably a, a moment of like, okay, I'm ripping off this bandaid. Is that what happened? Like you just said, like, this is it. What made you spark that right then? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it was all the senses. I agree um, that once you step into that football field, there was a sense of normalcy in the air. Like, uh, you know, they got the popcorn back, you got the, the Friday night football, the lights are on. Uh, there was a moment when I'm looking up at the stands and just seeing them full again and seeing the kids energy. I hadn't seen that in a long time. So it was at that moment. And then I talked to one of the students and it was just kind of a glance at him. He's like, roller coaster. I was like, yep, roller coaster. Go. <laughs> And so it, it, it was a, uh, it was a time where it was, it was just meant to be, it had to happen right then. So, and obviously the kids were with it too. That's, that's fantastic. You're just like, yep, you get the nod, you get the, the yeah. it's almost like you get the student approval, which, you know, I gotta, I gotta say, you know, when you're going to do something a little bit bold, you definitely want to make sure they're going to follow you. Right. <laughs> it's probably like, a risk. like, yeah. like Adam, like you're like, you're like, I'm going. And then no one follows you. And then you're just that weird guy in, in, the, in the bottom. That's just like, wait a minute, it's yeah, it still might've went viral, but maybe for other reasons. <laughs> yeah, right. Look how foolish this guy looks, right? <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's fantastic. So yeah, it's always a good idea to do a little temperature check, just a little quick check to make sure the kids are along on the uh, physically, in this case, the ride, you know, but yeah. in reality, uh, the, the work we're doing for sure. So you've been a school resource officer for a while now, and obviously you really value that student interaction. So how do you view yourself? And I really love talking to you about this role because school resource officers can have very uh, different, uh, different perspectives on their role in schools. And sometimes yeah. they get a bad rap, and sometimes, frankly, they deserve that bad rap, depending on who they are. But you're taking a very specific approach to your role. What is that all about, and why do you do it that way? Yeah, so when I took uh, the position six years ago, uh, I really uh, felt like it, more than anything, it was an opportunity. This was an opportunity to, to, to make a difference, uh, to be there day in and day out. It, police work, a lot of times I had, I'd worked the street for several years before that, and uh, I felt like I was just putting a Band-Aid on things. I'd go into a scenario and just kind of try to keep things steady or just solve the solution for the night. This, this I came into with a different attitude. It's like, if I can build relationships, I can make a real difference. And... How, how do I want my legacy um, better to be remembered as the sheriff's department than to actually have an impact on a young person's life? So uh, I kind of, it, it stopped it being about uh, arrests or uh, tactical viewpoints, all those things with police work, which are important, but it became all about relationship building. It was starting to know names, interest in their sports activities, interest in their home life. Um, because then at that point, they, there's that trust built. And then, uh, then it, the, the benefits, I don't know if you want me to go into those, but the benefits, yeah. 
just start to multiply from that point. Right, right. So you're taking like a very proactive approach. Right? Absolutely. So they talk about first responders and, you know, first responders are all over the place. We're full of first responders. Educators are first responders. Uh, police officers are first responders. Uh, medical professionals. Uh, we have military. Everyone, we have different roles that we all play in our society. And when things go bad and we need police presence, that is important to keep our society safe. You're taking a very much more proactive approach to that same issue. So you're sort of getting them before they come to you. You know, it's like you're like yeah. you're like literally nipping them in the bud, so to speak, uh, making sure that you're you're tackling these issues before they become big issues and getting that relationship. So when you talk about the benefits of that, what what does that look like in schools and for their behavior or how they treat others, maybe? Well, one of the uh, one of the big benefits is that if I start to know the kids, I can also tell as teachers do a great job of this as well. I can tell when a kid's behavior is probably uh, different. Um, we know what normal looks like. We know when they come in, they're joking around with friends. We know which kids are quiet uh, and it's just the regular personality. And so with that, I can also spot the differences and, and notice something's off. And that's when I, I know it's my part to swoop in and check in on a kid and I can prevent something if they're dealing with something hard at home or if depression's starting to seep in or the, just the hardships of school. School's hard, hard homework. They got a lot going on in their plate. Uh, that's when it's time, like you said, to step in before uh, it manifests in a, in a, in a worse way. Um, I don't know if it would be chemical dependency or if there's drugs involved or anything like that that they're even thinking about. I can try to try to correct that course before it happens. Uh, also, keep them out of the, the justice system. Um, I, I believe that being honest with kids has been my one of my best things I did since I've been there. Uh, let them know ahead of time what's going to get them in trouble, what's not, and, and curb it. So there, there's not that, uh, oh, I didn't know that was illegal, or I didn't know I was going to get in trouble for that. I, I'm completely with, uh, honest with kids. And uh, they also come to me um, with that trust being built, and they'll come to me if their friends are in trouble. So uh, I've seen it play out and I didn't expect it to play out in so many ways, but it just has. And, and I know I've seen the value of it. And so you probably feel very, um, like your, the work you do is very meaningful, but it oh, is, 100%. you know, and how many people would, you know, just love to have that in their job. But the one thing that you're doing is you're making that happen. I think there's a lot of times where people just want that to come, but they don't understand that you have to put the time and energy and effort in on your end to reach out to those kids to make those relationships for them then to treat you in that same way. It goes us first, them second, not the other way around. Sometimes we demand this respect and this, this like positivity from, from these kids when we've never put our time in for them in the first place. So, you know, there's sort of this vulnerability that happens with relationships and we have to open ourselves up first to them and like yeah. your honesty that you're talking about. And so when you say honesty, what does that look like? Is that something that's just how you approach them, how you talk to them, just that sort of open dialogue? Yeah. And honesty in that I let them see who I am. Uh, there's a, there's a connection that's built and you said, I, I'll be the first one to do it. I'll let them know, see me as a person, uh, let them know about my home life, what I like, what I don't like. That way I, I had to break down that badge or that uniform, uh, to make sure they weren't just seeing that. Um, and the best way I was just honest about who I was. I, I go into classes. That's one of the best opportunities. I get to go into classes and do like, uh, uh, civics class and teach about the amendments or the ones that fit into my realm or go into um, let's say like a college career readiness class and talk about police as a profession those are opportunities to let them see me I'll, uh, I'll show them talk about 
you know, experiences in my life where, where things I learned lessons and, and be completely vulnerable where I made mistakes or I had to do better. That kind of vulnerability and that honesty just reciprocates itself in, in the honesty that I get back from the kids. And they know that. They know what thing I tell them all the time. I said, if you guys are honest with me, I will go to bat for you all day long. And they, they respect that. Well, they trust you that what you say is true because you follow up in other times, right? It, it's built over time. That yep. they know if you say, I'm going to go at bat, you've done it before and they've seen it. Yep. Maybe not with them, but like you said, with their friends maybe or other kids, they can always see everything you do. And yeah. that, that sort of social learning, they're always watching. They're watching everything we do, how we interact with each other, how we carry ourselves, how we dress, how we interact mm-hmm. with kids. All of that they watch and they sort of learn from both how they should act, but also they learn to trust us or not in those moments. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort of deviate just a little bit on there, because one thing that's tough sometimes when you're trying to make yourself open with your kids it's that friend versus authority mm-hmm. figure. So how do you balance that section? Because I think that's a fatal flaw in teaching. And so, and I know you're, that's what you're jumping in. You're jumping into that teaching role so much, but that's yeah. a fatal flaw with educators. They, it's a delicate balance. They have to respect you and like you, but we're not their friend like their friends are. It's a, it's a yeah. different line. So how yeah. do you, how do you balance that piece? What's that look like? Uh, that's such a good, that's a good one. Um, yeah. So in the process of, you know, building that, that trust my first year, I realized that, oh, wow, like kids are trusting me more than I thought they would, or probably a couple years into it. And then that's when I was like, well, they also need to know that, that I am a police officer. So a lot, some of it comes down to like uh, more practical things. Um, just like I, I have a couple of uniforms that I wear mostly. I have to wear the class A uniform. It's a little more professional. I definitely circulate that and wear that back in. So they don't see me as such a late in a laid back atmosphere, but that that's only a part of it. Uh, the other thing that I, I really do, and my kids will tell you this too, that um, when they're talking to me, if they, if the conversation ever gets to a point where it's a little more serious, or if they're going to tell me something, I, I always pause the conversation and say that exact thing. And so they, they, they kind of as a reminder to them that, that I'm here to do a job as well. And I say, if what you're about to say means that I have to do something because I'm a police officer, then think about what you're about to say and then keep going. And then they, they know, I think that's a constant reminder right there that, oh yeah, this is my friend, but also he's got a job to do. So I can't, I can't take that for granted. Right. And that's, and, and that's a good lesson for anybody in authority, right? At some point, you know, it's just a little bit of a reminder that, Hey, let's just, let's just remember, buddy, I'm, I'm in this role and I have a job to do. And I take that seriously and with, and I have integrity and that at the end of the day, I'm going to support you, but I have to keep people safe and do the right thing as well. And there's like that moral fortitude that is in all of us in every position that we have that students should always see. So that even though we're going to support them, we're not going to bend these sort of morals that we have just because we're there for them, so to speak. Because I feel like in the long run, that does that sort of backfires, right? Yeah. That sort of works against them. Yeah. Um, And something, can I touch on something you said earlier real quick? Yeah. You, You had mentioned about that relationship that's built over time. Uh, I, I would say, and you, I don't know if you've spoken to other school resource officers, but from my point of view, that time is critical. Uh, kids are smart and they can smell out phonies. Like they're smarter than we want to give them credit. Uh, and so over time you have to, you have to build that. And trust is not just an overnight thing. A lot of people just see a cop come into, or a lot of kids would see a cop come into a school and they really would question what they're, what they're there for. And I don't blame them. I would too, if I was a kid in high school, yeah. uh, but that time 
um, has been has been so valuable. Uh, I've been there six years, and I would say, in my in my estimate, about the fourth fifth year is where I probably hit what I would call a sweet spot of my profession that's continuing because that first three years, the kids are still feeling you out. And now I've had kids come from middle school, fourth, fifth grade, now they're in high school. I mean, their whole school career, I've had that time to build that relationship. And when the, the decisions start to weigh a little more in high school, then, I, then I've already laid the groundwork. So that time is just so critical. You brought that up and I just want to hit on that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So you have to be invested. That's like a long-term investment that you're making. I yeah. felt that way too. I, I've been in my school for a long time and that uh, it makes it actually a lot easier for you, frankly, too, because yeah. you don't have to push so hard. You can just do a little bit and it goes a long way because they know they don't want to let you down. They know you and who you are and what you stand for. And so you don't have to sort of push quite as hard on some of these issues. Right. Uh, and you can make a little bit more, um, you know, just a little bit more just like sort of natural. You sort of approach them naturally. Exactly. Um, you know, but let's let's dive in for this, this this sort of last little section here. What happens? This is like this is the opposite of all that, right? So this is what how it works well. But in your role, like in my role as a principal, you know, we deal with things that don't always go the way we want them to go, and kids don't always yeah. get the way we want them to. When things don't go so well, you're sitting here all the time, you know, like I do, trying to make these positive relationships, and boom, we're excited and all these things. But then you go right to the other end of it real fast. How, yeah. how do you deal with that, interact with that, that students that, you know, maybe, you know, directly antagonistic or fighting with you or with the school? Yeah, um, uh, that's something that I, uh, I, I value highly because that's also an opportunity uh, because if they have a, an instance where they make a mistake and it's inevitable and they come in, into my office and I know it's going to be more of a, uh, or, or I have to do something and it's going to be a negative conversation. I try to tell myself, how can I leave this kid, whoever I'm talking to, with hope? I try not to leave them without that hope. Um, I tell them, you know, that there's a situation they're in, and I don't lie to them. This is going to be the result. This could be the results. Uh, there's going to be consequences for actions. It happens, but um, I always try to give them, give them something to look forward to. How to dig themselves out? Everybody wants to be the hero in their own story. Nobody wants to be cornered in. And uh, if I can leave that sliver of hope and start, this is the pathway. All right. You may have hit bottom here. This is, let's make this bottom and start making these choices that are going to take you in a different direction. I found that if I do that and then, and then follow up with them and see how they're doing and how they're pulling themselves up, checking in with them afterwards, that has gone a long way. Uh, and honestly, some of my best relationships I have with kids have started with situations where they've been in my office for negative experiences. So um, they're, they're in a down spot, but it's also an opportunity again that I can reach them if I give them that hope. That's fantastic. I love that. I'm going to sort of wrap up with that, that piece of it right there, because despite the struggles, I feel like that's something that we all would want. And, yeah. and one of the things I always try to go with kids is kids are, I mean, they're not adults and they're not developmentally in the same place, but they are people. And just like yeah. us, everyone gets into trouble and everyone when they're in trouble feels terrible. And even though kids may look like they don't, like they're all tough and they're like, I don't care about nothing. They do. Of course they do. And they feel absolutely terrible and miserable. And sometimes we, we like, we layer up on them and we just bury them in these things. When the reality is our goal should be more long-term, like you said, that they can yeah. find some pathway that they can get better and, and be, improve their behaviors or their situation. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what's maybe one last piece of advice if used for school resource officers that may be listening, because, 
you know, that's an area for professional learning that we don't always consider in schools. We do all this work for teachers, but what do we do for school resource officers? What do you think would be one piece of advice that you would really make sure that they understand in their role? Yeah, uh, not to underestimate the power that you have in that role. It's not, it's not like any other assignment I've ever had in police work. Uh, the um, one shaping or uh, affecting a kid for the rest of their lives is, is huge. But then the impact that you can have in that community and then also the, uh, the impact you can have on the, uh, the relationship with the public. Uh, police, there's no, no question that police uh, have been in the media for negative things. And, and this is a chance because you have that, com that community there. You have the kids right there to prove the narrative otherwise. Uh, it's a huge opportunity. And every day you get to change people's narrative of what a, a police officer should look like. That's fantastic. I absolutely love that. Absolutely love it. Thank you so much for coming on, Adam. I really appreciate it. Make sure yeah. that uh, if you haven't seen that video, check the video out and learn how to do, what's it called? The roller coaster. Do the roller coaster. <laughs> get these kids excited. Get them that's excited. Right. You, you got to embrace this energy that they have, right? Yeah. And that's why I'm like, you know, I know they have energy. I got to bring my energy as well because you got to meet energy with energy. You can't ask them to be something that they're not. And when they're at that age, you can embrace it and manage it. You're not going to get rid of it. You got to manage it. Manage that emotion and behavior and help regulate it. But don't stop it. It's like a valve, you know? It's like if you, if you close off the valve all the way, the whole thing bursts. You got to ease up and like ease some pressure from that from that thing. So, Juan, Adam, I can't, I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much for coming on and such words of wisdom. And I uh, appreciate being on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was my pleasure. That's a wrap for this episode. Thank you to School Resource Officer Deputy Kelm for sharing his work and leadership. If you like what you heard, please consider liking, sharing, and leaving a positive review so that I know how you feel about this episode's topic and really the podcast as a whole. The work we do for our schools is tough, but you are tougher. Grit your teeth, lean in, and have a great week.